0: This is a Willets Point-Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willets Point-Shea Stadium. That's right. That's right. It is that time again. It's the Subway to Shea podcast, episode number seven. Anthony Rivera here with you to talk about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea, and you can listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. Happy New Year, Mets fans. I hope you guys enjoyed the holidays. It's a brand new year, and evidently, it's a brand new New York Mets. You know, before I get into the big topic today, I gotta say, every time Something big happens around the Mets. My phone seems to be elsewhere or I seem to be doing something else. I leave my phone for maybe five to 10 minutes and something big happens to the Mets. All of the holiday season, I sat by my phone waiting to see if something would happen, a trade would be made or a free agent signing, Springer, Bauer, something, anything. Pretty quiet. Mets fans weren't quiet, and they definitely told owner Steve Cohen their feelings, but you know, Steve doesn't fall quite too easily for some of the Mets fans who are frustrated for what reason, I don't know. But I leave my phone today, well, I leave my phone for a few minutes, and the Mets make a blockbuster trade! The probably biggest blockbuster trade they've made since they traded for... My all-time favorite Met, Mike Piazza. I mean, this trade right now that we're about to talk about is huge. And I said a while back that I wasn't really interested in the Mets making any trades. I really wanted them to go after free agents and sign people and wait until they had more roster flexibility in the minor leagues to make a deal. But if they were going to make a deal, it would be for this person. This person we're about to talk about was the only player that I wanted the Mets to trade for, and his name, Francisco Lindor. That's right, Francisco Lindor is a New York Met, officially. And wait a minute, the Mets weren't done. Not only were they able to pry Francisco Lindor away from the Cleveland Indians, but they got Carlos Carrasco as well how is that even possible well this offseason we were going to see a lot of changes and we did the Cubs traded Hugh Darvish and the Rays traded Blake Schnell both of them going to the Padres teams trying to get financial flexibility and that included the Cleveland Indians and who has financial power and financial might right now the New York Mets perfect trade partners So the Mets get Francisco Lindor, the all-star shortstop, one of the top 10 best players in the league, and they get starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco, who will probably now be slotted in that rotation with Jacob deGrom, Marcus Stroman, I would assume David Peterson, and Noah Syndergaard when he comes back. I'm pretty sure the Mets will need to sign another starting pitcher unless they want to give Steven Matz a shot, an opportunity to close out the rotation. But the Mets, in one trade, got an all-star player, shortstop, plays great defense, can hit, can steal bases, and they got a starting pitcher to add to the rotation. The Mets needed at least two starting rotation pitchers. They're one pitcher closer now. So, now who did the Mets give up in this trade? Well, the big prize piece of this trade for the Indians is Andre Jimenez. He had a stellar rookie season for the Mets, replacing Ahmed Rosario, who had struggled most of 2020. But he also got thrown in the trade. So, the Indians get Andre Jimenez, they get Ahmed Rosario, they get pitching prospect Josh Wolf, and outfield prospect Isaiah Green. I don't know too much about Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. But to me, if I'm looking at this trade right now, I've got to consider this a steal for the Mets. This was a heist. And it's not to diminish the package that the Mets sent. I think the world of Andres Jimenez, I still think Ahmed Rosario will be a good player. He's only 25 years old. And I'm sure if they didn't make the trade for Lindor that Rosario would be playing. But you can't pass a trade like this up. You just can't. And that's why both of them had to be a part of the deal. Let's look at the stats here. Now, I always go to baseballreference.com. Lindor, 27 years old, four-time All-Star, career 285 batting average, 138 home runs, 411 RBIs, 99 stolen bases. Last year, kind of had a rough season, 258. Eight home runs, 27 RBIs, six stolen bases. Obviously, 60-game season. A lot of players struggled during the pandemic-shortened season. So I'm giving Lindor the benefit of the doubt through that. But he's a four-time All-Star. He's played in a World Series. He's played in playoff games. He's a team leader. This is a big move. This is a big deal. Now let's go to the other prize piece of that trade. Carlos Carrasco. He's 33 years old. His career record, 88-73, and 73, with a 3.77 ERA. In 2020, he was 3-4 and four with a 2.91 ERA. Slotting him in between DeGrom and Stroman, I mean, that's a serious 1-2-3 punch. Not to mention, if you get the same production that you got out of David Peterson last year, now you got four really good pitchers. We don't know what's going to happen with the fifth slot, We know that Syndergaard will be coming back, probably not until the end of May, June-ish. And if the season doesn't start on time, maybe that's better for the Mets. But we'll get more into the starting rotation later on in the show. Carlos Carrasco was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia in 2019, missed some time, came back in September, and won the Comeback Player of the Year award. He's been a solid part of the Indians rotation for a while now, and this is another nice piece added by the Mets. Now, Andres Jimenez, in his rookie season, batted 263 with three home runs and 12 RBIs and eight stolen bases. 22 years old, got a lot of future ahead of him. But to be honest, was he even the top Mets shortstop in the system? For such a long time, it was Ahmed Rosario, and we'll get to the other one in a few moments. But Ahmed Rosario... Like I said before, only 25 years old, a career 268 batting average, 32 home runs, 148 RBIs, 50 stolen bases. But last year, he struggled 252, four home runs, 15 RBIs. And I say he struggled because, I mean, a lot of people would take those stats through 60 games. But he struggled because he had such a great year in 2019. And he regressed. But he's still young. Indians got a nice little package here. Not to say that it wasn't one-sided or that they could have gotten more, they could have gotten more. But the financial climate of baseball right now has forced teams to trade some of their big players away to get financial flexibility. And this is what happens. And the Mets took advantage. So this is this is a steal. This is a heist for the Mets. And like I said, I'm not trying to diminish Andres Jimenez, and I'm not trying to diminish Ahmed Rosario. Actually, this trade here got a lot of help from the year that Andres Jimenez had. But for me, the reason why this is such a a steal is because they didn't even trade their number one shortstop prospect, Ronnie Marcio. He's still a Met. Brett Batty, still a Met. Matthew Allen, still a Met. Francisco Alvarez, still a Met. Pete Crow Armstrong, still a Met. JT Jin, still a Met. All their big prospects, they got to keep. Definitely all their prospects in their top 10, they definitely keep. Now, some thoughts here. We all know Francisco Lindor is set to be a free agent following this season. But right now, I can't even worry about that. Because as much as it is to get him on this team for this year and to help this team this year, I don't think you make that trade if you're not the least or the slightest bit confident that you are going to sign him for the future. A big deal is coming Lindor's way, and it's going to be with the Mets. I don't think he's going to hit free agency. There's way too many shortstops in the market next year. So even if he was to go out there, I don't even know if he gets the contract that he wants. It's a gamble. You got Trevor Story, Javier Baez... Corey Seager, you got some really good shortstops that are in that same line, that same category that you would throw Lindor in. So I think that Lindor will eventually sign here long term. They had the press conference with Sandy Alderson and Jared Porter talking about the deal. And Sandy said that this deal was in the works for a very long time since the beginning of the offseason. I guess the way the offseason has gone, with barely any huge free agent names signing, it's dictating what's going on with the trade market. And the Indians and the Mets felt that they had to strike now, and they did. Now, Jared Porter mentioned this in his introductory press conference, and also mentioned it in the press conference with Sandy about the trade. He said he wanted to focus on adding pieces up the middle. mark for shortstop. Check mark. For catcher, as it got James McCann. Centerfield is next, maybe? I mean, we all know who's the big free agent center fielder out there. So, with that said, what's next? Obviously, at the top of the list has to be a center fielder. I know George Springer has been on the top of the list for a very long time. He's gaining interest from the Blue Jays. A lot of people have said that it's a two-way race between the Blue Jays and the Mets to who gets... George Springer. But I think it came out this week that George Springer is asking for $175 million in his contract. Is that something that you want to give him? It would have to be a long-term deal. And a lot of people in baseball don't think he's going to be in center field for much longer. Maybe a few years, maybe two, three years, and then he's going to have to move to a corner outfield, just like Curtis Granderson had to. So do you give George Springer all that money? Or do you go after a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr., which I've been hearing rumors about or seeing rumors on Twitter about maybe the Mets possibly going after Jackie Bradley Jr., who's a great center fielder, but he's not in the same class as George Springer. Also, he's a lefty, and you're going to have an entire lefty group of outfielders and a lineup mostly batting lefty? I don't know if that's a thing that they want to do. Could they get another trade? I don't know. A lot of people think they should bring back Jake Marisnik for, you know, backup purposes to play center field. He's a righty bat. Obviously, he's not going to be the starting center fielder. But what if the Mets platoon? I mean, I know all Mets fans don't want to see Brandon Nimmo in center field, but what if they platooned him and Marisnik for a while? Because left field is also going to be clogged with either Nimmo, Dom Smith. I don't know if they're going to even put J.D. Davis out there in left field. They could possibly put Jeff McNeil out in the outfield again. Not ideal, especially if we don't know what's happening with the DH. A lot of things to still think about for the Mets. But they're getting there. They're getting close to solidifying this team for 2021. Moving on from center field, what do you do with the rotation? What's next for them? I mentioned before, now it's going to be DeGrom, Carrasco, Stroman, Peterson. Steven Matz is going to get an opportunity to win a spot. Syndergaard is coming back from injury. Do you still go after another pitcher? I even thought when the possibility of signing Bauer that the Mets would still need two pitchers. I don't know if the Mets are going to want to pay Bauer the deal he's expecting. He wants something in the line of where Garrett Cole was making. Now, I like Bauer, and I've been a big proponent of Bauer since the beginning of the offseason. He was one of my top two choices of players to get, but he's nowhere near Garrett Cole money. At least, I don't think so. What do you do with the bullpen? Do you keep adding to the bullpen? I heard the Mets have been in talks with Brad Hand, Liam Hendricks, the closer from Oakland. What do you do? Could you add a couple more bullpen pieces and make a couple trades? A lot of possibilities opened up with this Lindor trade. A lot of possibilities. One thing I know for sure is that I have 110% full confidence in Steve Cohen, in Sandy Alderson, in Jared Porter. I know that they will get what needs to be done, done. I'm not rushing them to pick up any players because we're not even close to the beginning of the season yet. We don't even know when this season's going to begin. And still, even with this Lindor trade, even trading for Lindor, this blockbuster deal that the Mets pulled off, still none of the big free agents have been signed. Riomuto's still out there. Springer, Bauer, they're still out there. It's hard for all these teams to try to make a move. Let's just be patient and let things happen. They got this. Steve Cohen's got this. Sandy Alderson's got this. Jared Porter's got this. Sit back, maybe go make some popcorn. Sit back, relax, let the big boys take care of the financial stuff, and watch them put together a good team. This is gonna be a good team this year. Now, where do they fall now within line in the division? Well one, there's first off, let's go in the whole National League. First off, they're not better than the Dodgers. Yet. Not yet. Dodgers are still head above all the other teams. Are the Mets the best team in the division, though? In the NL East? I'm going to say no to that right now. For now, I'm going to say no. A few moves later down the line? Maybe. But the Atlanta Braves have been good for the last couple of years. Really good. Really good. And... They went all the way to Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. They were maybe four innings away from possibly winning a spot to go to the World Series. So the Mets aren't better than the Braves just yet, especially when the Mets underperformed and didn't even make the playoffs last year. They're not better than the Braves. But I could tell you one thing. The Braves-Mets rivalry might be back on. That rivalry that they had in the 90s and 2000s, In the early 2000s, that may be back on. And I'm sure the Mets are going to go at it with the Dodgers and the Padres. A lot of good baseball coming. You should be excited, Mets fans. No Met fan should be upset today. There should be no complaining today. If you're complaining at this point in time with the roster that we have, with no big free agents signed, with spring training still a few months away, if you're still complaining or still upset or still feeling like this is the same old Mets and, and I can't get over it because the Wilpons messed me up and all that stuff, then you're never going to be happy. Today's a day to be happy. Today is a day to be happy and to enjoy this. Enjoy this, Mets fans, all of you. Even if, if you've cheered from them since the beginning, if you have sided with Cohen and Sandy since the beginning and have been on board and been patient, this is a good day for you. Enjoy this. And even if you've been pessimistic, if you are suffering from, you know, the Will Pons past dealings, if that still bothers you, this still should be a good day for you. Enjoy this. All the Met fans, everywhere, all around the world all over the United States, all over the UK, because I see some Twitter fans from the UK. You guys deserve this today. We deserve this today. Today is a good day to be a New York Mets fan. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for the Subway to Shape podcast. If you guys could do me a favor, after you listen to the episode, please take a few minutes, write a review for me. Let me know what you think of the show you could put it on uh, Apple Podcasts. They have their little review thing that you can write a review for. I think Spotify does a Google Podcast. I think they all do it. But let me know what you think of the show, okay? I really appreciate you guys all listening in to this show. And one more thing, be- before we get off the air, before we get off the air, please don't compare this trade to the Mets trading for Carlos Baerga or Roberto Alomar. First off, Carlos Baerga was not even close to the talent that Francisco Lindor is. He was a solid player for the Indians back in the early 90s, but he was nowhere near close to what Lindor is. And Roberto Alomar, that's an outlier for me. He was kind of getting old. You know, I guess his prime went as soon as he came to the Mets. But let's not compare this. Not, not today. Not today on this joyous day to be a Mets fan. Don't do it. Please enjoy this. Enjoy being a New York Mets fan. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you for listening. Like I said, please leave a review if you can. You can follow the show on Twitter at subway to shay You can listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. This is Anthony Rivera signing off. I'm going to say thank you for listening to the show, and we'll talk next week. Enjoy your day, Mets fans.